Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 18th of October. Melbourne's lockdown will end earlier than expected, with restrictions to ease for millions of residents from 11.59pm this Thursday evening, as Victoria hits the 70% double-dose target ahead of schedule. It means up to 10 visitors will be allowed into the home, there'll be no travel limits within Melbourne, and pubs and hairdressing salons are allowed to reopen with cap limits. Regional travellers still banned until the state reaches 80% double dose. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews says the changes have been made after examining the latest Burnett modelling. We have more case numbers than we than we would like, but they are not converting into hospitalisations at quite the rate we thought they would. What's more, the length of stay in hospital is substantially less than we thought it would be. The acuity of illness is uh, substantially less than we thought that it would be. 777 people are currently in Victorian hospitals with COVID, with 90% of those patients not fully vaccinated. Meantime, millions of residents across New South Wales were enjoying greater freedoms today after the state reached the 80% vaccine target over the weekend. Under the new rules, more people are allowed in homes with no limits at weddings and funerals or hairdressing salons. Thousands of students, including those in Year 12, will also head back to the classrooms today. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet says he appreciates some parents and students will be nervous. We believe that the measures we have in place will ensure that we can open up our classrooms safely. Uh, We know that there'll be challenges along the way. We accept that, but it's incredibly, incredibly important that we get kids back into the classroom as quickly as possible. Yesterday, New South Wales recorded a further 10 deaths and 301 new COVID cases. Southern Tasmania is set to come out of its snap three-day lockdown tonight. The stay-at-home orders were declared on Friday after concerns over a 31-year-old New South Wales man with COVID who fled hotel quarantine and went to Hobart's northern suburbs. A vaccination passport is on the way for Australians. The International Proof of Vaccination Certificate will be available from tomorrow, bringing overseas travel a step closer. And a four-hour meeting with the Federal National Party on climate action has failed to reach an agreement. The party remains split over whether to take more progressive climate action, including a net-zero emissions target ahead of the United Nations summit in Glasgow next month. Speaking before the meeting, Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce had this warning for the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. We are not in the Liberal Party room, in the Nationals room, and we will make a Nationals decision, and we won't be held hostage to what other people may wish. And to WA in a major search will resume this morning for a four-year-old girl who disappeared at a remote campground in the state's east over the weekend. Cleo Smith was last seen asleep around 1.30am on Saturday morning, her parents waking up at 6am to find their daughter missing from the tent. Authorities believe Cleo may have been abducted or wandered off getting lost in the rugged terrain. Meantime, the search for an eight-year-old boy in WA's Fernhook Falls has come to a tragic end. The boy was involved in a boating accident at the popular camping ground before going missing. His body was found yesterday by police divers. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To Queensland and the state government has hailed the weekend's COVID vaccine blitz a success. The vaccination rate across the Sunshine State is falling well behind the national average. Our reporter David Shiraz has more from Brisbane. Good morning, Tash. Well, Queensland opened 33 Bunning stores as pop-up vaccine sites at the weekend, with more than 4,000 jabs administered at the hardware stores on Saturday alone. Just over 72% of Queenslanders have now had at least one dose of the jab, but only 56% of those over 16 are fully vaccinated. That's well behind the national average. AMA Vice President Dr Chris Moy says he's confident our state will reach the targets eventually. Looking at the projections, they still will be, but there has been a leg up given to the two states that have been affected in terms of the initial Pfizer and vaccine surge, but also, I think, frankly, the imperative to get vaccinated was there. We really do need to start pushing people in these other states to get vaccinated because really there still remain sitting ducks at the moment. Under the current modelling, the double-dose target could be reached by late November. And to New South Wales and the corruption watchdogs investigation into former Premier Gladys Berejiklian starts today. The ICAC is looking into whether Miss Berejiklian breached public trust or encouraged corrupt conduct while she was in a relationship with disgraced MP Daryl Maguire. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has the details from Sydney. That's right, Tash. Two weeks after her shock resignation, Gladys Berejiklian will face the corruption inquiry that forced her to leave politics. The ICAC will hold public hearings for the next fortnight, investigating her conduct in relation to $35 million in government grants in her ex-partner's electorate. Her predecessor, former New South Wales President Mike Baird and current Deputy Liberals leader Stuart Ayres are both named on the witness list. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. As we mentioned earlier, still no clear decision from the National Party on climate action or specifically the net zero emissions target, but it's set to cost taxpayers billions of dollars. That's right. Ahead of the Glasgow Climate Change Summit in November, the Nationals have been offered tens of billions of dollars for regional Australia to say yes to net zero emissions by 2050. However, they've said no to an increased emissions reduction target for 2030. The change of heart by the Nationals follows a survey that shows 80% of voters support the zero emissions target by 2050. And Peter, casino operator Star Entertainment is facing class action after revelations that wiped a billion dollars off the value of shareholder stocks. Yeah, law firm Morris Blackburn is preparing a class action for Star's investors following revelations in The Age and the SMH that the ASX-listed Star had been enabling suspected money laundering and organised crime in its Sydney, Brisbane and Gold Coast casinos for years. The news saw the company's share price slump by a cool 20%. And some interesting developments in the US over the future of interest rates, Peter, with the US Central Bank not expected to move on rates until 2023. Yeah, despite our central bank, the Reserve Bank, telling us it won't raise interest rates until 2024, many economists have argued if the US central bank raises next year, it could pressure our Reserve Bank to follow suit. Well, US-based Brian Nick, who manages, wait for it, $1.2 trillion for a fund manager called Nuveen, says he doesn't expect US rates to rise until 2023. That's good news for local borrowers and the economy. Absolutely. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. (laughs) 
Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett Mitchell. Stark is urging the Aussie men's side to work more closely with the women's side as they bid to win the T20 World Cup for the first time. Yes, good morning, Tash. The women's side, compared to the men's side in recent years, has had far more success. Mitchell Stark, of course, is married to their star batter in Alyssa Healy, and he did spend some time during their recent series win over India just uh, trying to get some of that success to rub off on the men's side, going for their first T20 World Cup win uh, in history. We're currently ranked a lowly seventh. We had disappointing series losses to Bangladesh and India this year. Stark says that the men and women can learn a lot from each other. Record speaks for themselves that they win games home and away. They, they won 26 one-day games in a row. They've won T20 World Cups. So, yeah, I, I just think the collaboration can be better between certainly two really strong Australian teams. They wouldn't mind having Sophie Devine in the batting lineup. She smashed two sixes in the final super over to guide the Scorchers to victory against the Brisbane Heat. In the Sheffield Shield, Usman Kawasha put his name in lights uh, with an unbeaten 158, uh, the Queensland captain against uh, South Australia. So his name's certainly in Ashes contention, Tash. Yeah, absolutely. Brett and the Wallabies will be without one of their star players for the spring tour of Japan and the UK. Yes, Marika Korobiti is staying at home and it might actually be the last time we see him play for the Wallabies. He is off to Japan next year and although Rugby Australia has loosened the selection guidelines, it still means that he's a chance of, of not pulling on uh, the green and gold. Coach Dave Rennie says it's for family reasons. They've had a newborn baby, they've got a couple of other young boys and so you know, based on, on uh, those situations, Marika's chosen not to tour. He was involved with that stunning offload from Taniela Tupo against the Springboks, so certainly one of their draw cards and star players but uh, hopefully we see him back in the Wallabies in the not too distant future. He's such a good player and also there are some uh, key coaching changes in both the AFL and NRL Brett. Yeah, let's start with the NRL, and a big deal could be on the cards as well before we get on to uh, the coaches, that uh, Channel 9 closing in on a $600 million broadcast deal over five years. That would be the richest uh, free-to-air deal in the NRL's history. And now Queensland of co- uh, coach Billy Slater has confirmed one of his coaching appointments. Josh Hannay will join his assistant ranks. He has experience as an interim coach at the Cowboys, then it happened again at the Sharks this season. In the AFL, Harry Taylor looks set for a return to Geelong. His former teammate Matthew Scarlett departed in the off-season. Some rumours of uh, discontent there with Chris Scott. He says he'll be working in property development for the next year. Looking forward to something different, a new environment and new challenges, so um, life's good. And hasn't ruled out a return to coaching that audio courtesy of seven. And in racing, incentivise is unlikely to back up its stunning Caulfield Cup win by running in the Cox Plate this weekend. Instead, it's got its eyes on a bigger prize, that is the Melbourne Cup, and we haven't had a horse do the Caulfield Melbourne Cup double to since 2001. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And some exciting family news for the new New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet. He announced late yesterday via social media he's having a seventh child. Mr Perrottet's wife Helen is pregnant with a little girl. He said on Facebook with five sisters already, his son William is looking on the bright side, more bench depth on the family basketball team. Congratulations. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.